When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co., a black LGBTQ plus owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PLP22 for 10% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Frenchie and McBridge joining me and joining us to discuss this weekend's Rolex 24 is our favorite sports car friend of the show, Mr. Butts. George, first off, how are you? Frenchie and Shannon, how are you after? I'm doing great, but I, I feel weird that you didn't call him our buddy, George. Oh, damn it. I screwed that one up. You can start over. No, we're just we're just gonna leave that one in there. You can it, do it now. Years years <laughs> of friendship down the tubes. Oh, well, because you it's asked, like you don't even matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's already starting, and the Rolex weekend hasn't actually started yet. This is not a good sign, guys. It literally started on IndyCar Content Day. <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know what you're surprised about. So let's let's make a bet. Obviously, we're going to preview and talk about the Rolex. Shannon and I will be there late Friday night, early Saturday morning. So who is going to fall asleep first? Is it going to be Michael, me or Shannon? It's going to be you. You can fall asleep anywhere. Okay. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say it's going to be the rookie. See, if you go too heavy with the caffeine early on, it uh, catches up to you. My darling, I'm not a racing rookie by any means, and I have done my fair share of very long days. I, I don't feel safe messing with Shannon, so I'm just <laughs> going to say host is going to fall asleep first. To be fair, I know you're very much not a rookie. I meant uh, Florida cold, 24 hours, it, uh, it wears on you. Baby, I live in Indiana. See, keep trying, keep going. Give me a reason to fall asleep. <laughs> let me let me put up the shovel that I'm digging a hole with. <laughs> you, you know, it feels great that I'm not the one who's digging a deep hole at the start of Rolex week right now. It's George who's taking the honor for me. So thank you, thank you. This is why you're my buddy. Yep, those uh, bus wheels bus wheels felt really nice. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've gotten that out of the way with. It's Rolex weekend, obviously, as we've, as we've seen in the news, it's a big field this year with 61 cars. But before we preview the race, let's talk very briefly about qualifying weekend. The race, it's the qualifying race itself actually wasn't too bad. It was definitely the beginning and the end were very entertaining, but there wasn't too much yellow. Uh, there wasn't too much strategy involved. It was pretty much just long green flag runs. But George, you hate the Sunday race. 
So why? Uh, I mean, I'd say I dislike it strongly. I wouldn't go so far as hate. Um, it is points paying in the terms of qualifying points, but you know, it's um, it, it's a good thing and a bad thing that they've kind of crammed together the roar and the twenty four hours. Where if you're not a U.S. based team or especially not an East Coast or Midwest based team, it saves a lot of money. But you have the risk of tearing up equipment quite a bit. It does cost money to run not only the Roar, but that race itself. You do get some points out of it, granted, but eh, the risk-reward for some teams uh, in terms of that equation doesn't work out for a qualifying race, for setting the grid for a 24-hour race. It just, uh, the math didn't work out for me, and you know, there's been quite a few teams and people on the media side that... Uh, tend to lean towards my opinion. Um, just because it's an opinion of mine doesn't mean it's correct. I've been wrong plenty of times, trust me. We know But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, if you look at, for example, Turner, uh, BMW, one of the GTD teams, brand new car, not a lot of spares. Got into it with one of the Aston Martins, tore some stuff up. Why? What was the point of that? Um, not Not blaming a specific team or driver on that, but... You know, having a quote-unquote sprint race to set the grid does set the scene for that sort of an incident happening. Yeah, that's that's fair. And the only other thing I have from that weekend, from from this past weekend, is the questionable strategy of the Meyer Shank racing crew. So <laughs> I see Frenchie laughing at that one, because I know him and I were talking about it. I think Sunday night, and and George, you and I were talking about it. So. Where, where did they falter this weekend? And I feel like it's kind of a worrying trend on, I mean, all of their cars, even in IndyCar lately. But where, where'd they go wrong this weekend? Again, I think it's a, you don't have to go full send necessarily, unlike uh, Richard Westbrook in that last restart. Um, when it comes to strategy and racecraft, they were trying something new. I don't know if they're really, I mean, they obviously wanted the pole. Um, it could have been they were, for lack of a better term, testing fuel numbers because a number of teams use the race, quote unquote race, as a another test session. But they're in good company with uh, the 31 wheel engineering crew doing essentially the same attempt uh, for a fuel save. That being said, their being a MSR a strategy last year in IMSA was not much better than they were in IndyCar. Orient trend, maybe, but hopefully just a blip on the radar and or attempting to maximize the fuel number. Fingers crossed. I like that team. I like that crew. I love that livery. Fingers crossed. The race begins at 1... TV cover starts on Big NBC at 1.30 Eastern. I think Green Flag is 1.40. And then it switches between NBC, Peacock, USA, USA back to Peacock, back to USA, and then the last two hours are on NBC. And you can watch all of it on IMSA.tv too, no matter where you are in the world, especially for our friends in Canada. I know that question has been all over Twitter the last couple of days. So we'll go through each class and make our predictions and get George's input on everything. So we'll start with, I should probably have a, a list of, everything up i don't even have all the classes up in front of me right now so we'll start with dpi 
Rossi and the Wayne Taylor Racing Acura won the qualifying race. How do their odds look for this weekend? Pretty good. Uh, I mean, they did pretty well last year. So the Acura seems to do pretty well um, at Daytona. They've seemed to figure out that car and certain, you know, aero specifications. Um, Solid squad for sure. Uh, a lot of returning faces on the team. Rossi's just doing the 24, then he's focusing exclusively on IndyCar for the rest of the year. His, um, I believe, very briefly former teammate at Manor, um, Will Stevens, former uh, F1 guy, has been doing quite a bit of racing in Europe when it comes to uh, prototypes. Joins the team uh, for Rolex, and I think they've confirmed him for the entire season for Enduros. Um, so for Enduros only, not the entire season. Yeah, they have. Copy. So, I mean, it's a great squad, great team. They do one heck of a strategy at Daytona. I think, I don't know if they're necessarily the favorite, but they're definitely favored. All right, so we have- my favorite. We knew that. We knew that one. I didn't even have to ask you that one. Listen, it just has to be said, okay? Okay, all right, fair. So let's see here. We have another Ganassi car this year. The 48 is back for partial season- the Mustang sampling car has a couple new drivers this year. So DPI overall is a little bit different than it's been in years past. So what are your thoughts on the overall class? And then we'll we'll make some predictions. You know, to be honest, it's not bad for what I would term a lame duck year. Um, it's the last year of the current you know, specifications for DPI. You move over to LMDH and or hypercar being allowed in IMSA next year. Uh, a lot of the teams and drivers are posturing themselves for those you know, factory deals for LMDH. You know, some of those are already known. Some of those are known but not formally announced. Wink, wink. Um, yeah. So, you know, honestly, six cars, full season, seven cars for Enduros. Not bad. Not bad at all. And with, uh, you know, uh, Ganassi stepping up to two entries, it's um, kind of fill the gap where Mazda leaving the series, uh, at least in the prototype ranks, uh, left. So, and you have an all-star car, frankly, for, for Ganassi. Um, granted, uh, Van de Zanda is one he- heck of a, uh, I don't know if we can curse on the show, <laughs> one heck of a uh, prototype driver. You ever listened? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he just made less editing for me there, so thank you. Yeah, I, I try. I try to help you out there, Mike. And you got Bourdais in the zero one um, with Van de Zanda in the full uh, season. So, I mean, everybody knows Bourdais, obviously, from uh, Champ Car and IndyCar. Heck of a shoe, but has great experience in prototypes. Um, then you throw in Scott Dixon. Then you throw in the newly crowned IndyCar champion. So I'm labeling that as the all-star car. It's Ganassi and you know the Cadillacs in general have a lot of success in the series. The Caddy DPI has you know, kicked butt um, since the introduction of the DPI class when it comes to consistency and winning titles. And you've got, what, um, let me do my quick math here, five Caddies and two Acuras. So it, you got more bullets in the chamber or in the gun for, for Cadillac than you do Acura. But like I said, Acura's got the package figured out when it comes to Daytona. So I think it's a toss-up. It's going to be who survives the best and who uh, doesn't have damage and makes the best adjustments towards the end. 
All right, we'll do predictions real quick. I think we can all predict who Shannon is going to predict to win the DPI and probably overall, which would be the 10 car. In fairness, it is very much a toss-up between that Ganassi car and the Wayne Taylor car because it's stacked. That is a stacked car, and I wouldn't be sad if they won. You know, my gut says the 0-1, but... I'm leaning towards the 31. Um, they're only running three drivers. It makes everything a little simpler when it comes to figuring out drive time. And you've got Durrani. Nunez has great experience with the Mazda crew. Then you've got Mike Conway. I'm leaning 31. I'm going to go with a slight hot take here, I guess. And I'm going to say that the 02 Ganassi car comes through with the win. Because maybe it's personal bias because I'm a big Ericsson guy, Ericsson fan. But I think a car with Earl Bamber, uh, Alex Lynn, and Kevin Magnuson is also pretty stacked, even though it's not the all-star car. So I think they're kind of a sleeper here that we're going to see do really well. All right. Well, I'm taking the 0-1 because that was what I wanted to take from the beginning. So thank you, George, for deciding against it. I will put a quick note that the 60 has changed their entire full season lineup. Um, Castroneves did petite with them last year. But beyond that, that's an entire clean sweep when it comes to the the lineup of the car so don't really know what to expect out of them and like we've mentioned they might go crazy with the strategy they might not Acura's fast there i think they're a dark horse um because you know people don't know what they're gonna do frankly fair all right we're gonna move down to lmp2 which has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, ten, ten entries this year. Yep, ten entries this year, which I think is a a little bit of an of an improvement over the last few years, if I'm not mistaken. George can correct me on that one. Well, let's put it this way: we had a sign at our keyboard. Or, or, good lord, it's been a long day. Apologies. <laughs> Early time back. in the week. It's not even Wednesday, Lemon. Um, we had a sign at our Sebring campsite a couple of years ago that uh, run P2, get free podium. So going from three cars and an Enduro to 10 cars for this is pretty solid field growth. All right. With that being said, obviously the there's some IndyCar names in this one. Just kind of go through them real quick and make sure I don't miss anything. Obviously VK in the Team Nederland car, then the... Highlighter, yellow, and orange. DeFrancesco, Pato, Colton Herta with Eric Lux. Am I missing anybody else here? Ed Jones. How- Ed Jones. Wait, let's let's just take a quick time out here. Frenchy brought this to my attention like four hours ago. Did did Ed Jones just like slide totally under the radar and then he's like, oh yeah, I'm racing. Yeah, did anybody much. else realize it before today? No. Um, and I've looked at this list. 40 times. I didn't see him announce it anywhere. <laughs> it was announced yeah. um, along with the G-Drive um, APR announcement, but they're a, a WEC team primarily, and they're just doing this as a one-off, so it kind of got buried under most of the other entries. And, you know, they've got two cars that are running with eight people on it, and I think his name was, like, seventh on that list. So unless you're really going deep onto, like, Daily Sports Car or Sports Car 365, you would have missed it. Does this mean he's going to WEC full-time or like doing WEC now as his new home? For those wondering, George has no idea either. 
Okay, yeah, I haven't seen him announce anything on his own kind of social media pages, so I was just confused a little bit by this. Yeah, I don't think any announcements have been made for the rest of the year. Um, Yeah, I think they'll go with three drivers per car for their European endeavors. So he might be one of those left out. Yeah, as far as I know, he hasn't announced anything else. All right, prediction time. Frenchie, you're up first for LMP2. Uh, I think the number 52 PR1 Mathiasen Motorsports car wins it. I think they just seem to be able to do it every time they get on track. They they really seem to nail it with the strategy and just have the pace. George? You know, uh, I was going to pick that. <laughs> I'll pick something else, <laughs> but... Uh... Yeah, I think last year or the year before, I went a little crazy picking the WEC and um, European Le Mans teams to do really well. Then every single one of those entries was out within three hours. So uh, the 52s got... Typical PLP fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Get the old jinx going. But the 52s get the most consistent success of all the entries in P2. But looking at the lineups here... I'm going to go with the 11, the other PR1 entry. Um, You've got a really young kid, Josh Pearson, who had to get a waiver to get in the race because he's so young. But then you got J-Bomb, Jonathan Bomarito, and Harry Ticknell, who both come from the Mazda ranks. So both those guys have a lot of experience in prototypes. That team is consistently firing on all cylinders. Going with the 11. Shannon? I was also going to go with the 11, but now I can't go with the 11 because George picked the 11. That sounds like a you problem. Can I just go with the 69? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Luca Giotto's in that car. All right. I mean. I know. You can do, you can do that. No, I don't really want to do that. Can I ask George a question real quick? Yeah, go ahead. What is the chassis that they're using? The G-Drive team the Auris 01 or something like everyone else is using the Orica chassis, but what is that Auris chassis? I think everybody's running the Oricas. Um, looking at the entry list that I have, uh, they, that's what it says. Uh, maybe Wikipedia is yeah. wrong. Then. They've run some other things in WEC if I'm not mistaken, but I think everybody in P2 this year is running the Orica 07s. Yeah. That's what the entry list, the official IMSA entry list says. Foiled by um, Wikipedia. I'm gonna go with the 81. If we're not, if I'm, if I don't get to go with the 11, I'm gonna go with the 81. Alrighty, and I will take the 29, the VK Team Netherlands car, simply because I it's a cool looking car, and I would like to see VK win. All right, we're gonna go very briefly over LMP3 because the racing is boring. <laughs> it's my least. It to me, it provides the least intrigue. They've got a decent amount of entries but it's kind of like the ent- and i think george described it last year to me as like the entry level lmp type program and if you look it up on wikipedia actually not to quote wikipedia but i think it almost says like this is the base level of motorsports in sports cars or something like that so i don't know if, let me see here Ayrton ori i think he's in the road to indy or was in the road to indy Nolan Siegel in the 26, he is in the road to Indy. Cameron Shields was too. Cameron Shields, I, st- I think he still is as well. 
So no IndyCar, but a couple road to Indy. So, George, is there anything LMP3 that um, is worth discussing? Yeah, just, uh, and I'm going to derail your show here, Mike. Um, just to uh, quickly pop back to P2, um, the 81 highlighter uh, Dragon Speed entry. It's got a you know three IndyCar entry or three IndyCar drivers in it, um, but that is the entry that for the rest of the season Montoya and his son will be running. So I just wanted to oh, make a note of that. Um, regarding P three, my note is yay P three that I have here. <laughs> yeah, not not super excited about it, but you know more prototypes, more car count, hooray. Um, I will say that uh, Gabby Chavez is running with the Andretti entry with uh, Jared Andretti and also former Road to Indy guy, uh, Rasmus Lint, who's been running P3. Rasmus. So he's been running P3 for a while. Um, same thing with Garrett Grist in the, the 38. So some some names people would recognize on that. Um, Jao Barbosa, of course, um, with uh, famous for his prototype exploits, particularly in the, the DP era. It's in the 33. Felipe Fraga, I think he was in F3 or F4. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel as it's called in North America, this is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle Podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! Overseas, the name sounds familiar. I might, maybe it's his brother. He's been, or maybe I'm. He's been running with the Riley Group for a while. Um, okay, so he's he's got a lot of experience as well, and uh, I don't want to skip to picks to win, but that '74 Riley Motorsports entry would be my pick to win. So you have Fraga, um, you've got Kay Van Berlo, who's a really good young talent, Michael Cooper, who people might recognize from PwC. Then uh, I think Gar Robison's kind of the, uh, the 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 true silver in that lineup, but solid lineup, great team. Then you got the fifty four crew as well. Core Auto Sports been there forever. 
Um, a guy who, if you ask me, guys who should have been in IndyCar but weren't, Colin Brown, heck of a talent. I think they're going to do well as well. All right, well, your your prediction's up first this round, so if you want to go with whichever one that was, go right ahead. Yeah, I'll stick with the 74. Riley's got it figured out pretty well. Shannon? Um, I don't really know. I don't know. I don't have a pick for this one. All right, Shannon's going with the 7. No, I'm not. Yep, yep. You just you just forfeited no, your pick. No, if I have to pick a pick, I'm going to go with the 26 because that's my lucky number. Okay. So if you want to go with a pick, there you go. Right. Wasn't the seven off track multiple times over yes. the weekend? <laughs> yeah. Is that why you chose them as her pick? Because <laughs> he's a dick. I think the 26 had problems all day too. So. <laughs> yeah. All right, Frenchie, go ahead. Okay, I'm actually going to go with the 54, so I'm glad George didn't pick it because I think Core Autosport knows how to run a car basically in any category. And, yeah, you don't pick against Colin Brown or, um, I mean, George Kurtz, for a guy who's, you know, a gentleman driver, can wheel it. The the owner, CEO, whatever, founder of CrowdStrike, that, that guy is a really good driver. All right, I'm going with the Andretti Autosport entry of the 36 just because, I mean, Rasmus Land is probably one of the most epic PLP interviews in five years of interviews. So, you know, I would like to interview him again. All right, we're, go- we're going down to GTD and GTD Pro. Obviously, GTD Pro is the quote-unquote new class this year. Doesn't really... Is there, is there really... Other than the red mirrors, is there any difference? Not really. They're treated as the same <laughs> class for wave arounds. They're the exact same chassis. Uh, same tires, same fuel. The only real difference is they're doing the BOP class to class a little differently. Um, but yeah, there's there's not much of a difference. In theory, the, the pro cars will be faster because it's all pro lineups, um, <clears throat> excluding WeatherTech. Um, <laughs> and to be fair, Ow. the GTD cars and, and teams. I'm with George eh, on that well, one. I mean, we'll get to that later. <laughs> but... Uh, the, the GTD teams, at least the totally not factory teams, um, and Lexus, uh, have gotten away with uh, a lot of sneaky silvers. Guys that are they're pros, they're not amateurs. So it's you're going to see a lot of overlap with the class. Um, it's going to be chaos when it comes to restarts on traffic, since wave rounds are just GTD is a bunch. So we'll see what happens. And just for everybody who's asking. When there is a yellow flag in IMSA, each class has a wave around and each class pits separately, except for GTD Pro and GTD, which are essentially counted as one in that aspect. So just to clarify it, since there's like more confusion than there already is in IMSA for the average viewer out there, I would try to do that, try to make that a little clearer, but you know, we have... A lot of factory teams, you know, there's the Corvette, there's Lexus, Path Motorsports for Porsche, a couple Porsche cars here, the BMW Rahal cars, there, and a Ferrari car. So there's a lot of big names in terms of OEM in GTD Pro. So I'll let Frenchie pick first on, on this one. We're just going to dive right into predictions. What are you thinking, Frenchie? 
Um, before the race, I was thinking that the Ray Hall BMWs were going to be a good pick, but they looked really slow for some reason. I don't know what's going on. Is if that's BOP or just a new car or something? But I don't I'm think they got any help them. with BOP this week. Yeah, definitely don't think so. So instead, are we picking for GTD Pro and GTD? Just GTD Pro. Okay. Um, then for that class, I'm going to go with the Lexus, the Vassar Sullivan car with Kyle Kirkwood and Ben Barnacote. I think that that's going to be a really competitive car. Um, I think it was George Russell on a podcast I listened to recently said Ben Barnacote was his biggest competitor in karting. Yeah. So that's high praise in my opinion. And I think that both those guys can wheel it. Yeah. All right, Shannon. I'm going with the nine. Okay, the Porsche. So I, I mm-hmm. couldn't find it on my sheet there for a second. I'm like, which, which car is that? <laughs> it's the one with the nine on it. Okay. I, <laughs> the plaid one. The plaid, I mean. The, the Buffalo plaid. Oh. You can't go wrong with Buffalo plaid. Yeah, that, plaid. That, that plaid car is so cool. George? You know. Uh, Plus, it's Felipe Nasser, so. Yeah, so he got, um, he got placed there. He's uh, obviously going to the. The Penske LMDH. I don't want to say obviously if you're not a, a, a follower of sports cars, but he's part of the next year's Penske LMDH program. I think he's running the P2 with them in WAC this year that they're using to just kind of spin things up. But they've placed him along um, with the FAF Porsche as their Enduro driver. That is an entry definitely to look out for. Um, and I, I was excited for the new BMWs, but... Not sure the new car is there. And like you said, the BOP hammer kind of came down on them and the Corvette cars this year or uh, this week. I think literally 4.30. I think Today. I saw the the, yeah. the release go out about that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards one of the Porsches. You stole me on, or you got me on the nine. I'm going to go with the two because you got Larry Vantor and Patrick Pillay is the two you know, main drivers in that car, both studs, a lot of experience in, in GTD or GTLM cars. Um, Nasser or uh, Felipe Nasser, I'm really curious to see what he does. I think he's one heck of a talent, um, but he does not have a lot of experience in GT cars. That's my only kind of red flag on that, but he's 100% going to prove me wrong. Um, I think the 15 is one to watch out for. You got uh, Austin Sendrick and some uh, Mercedes factory guys in there. In theory, under the WeatherTech umbrella of three cars that are quote unquote totally not going to get team orders. Um, but uh, <laughs> what do you mean, George? <laughs> you mean like a Petit Le Mans where their team car pulled over on like the last lap and let somebody pass? Um, <laughs> Our buddy Cooper. Yeah. yeah. Just look up who owns WeatherTech if you're wondering what yeah. we're talking about. Well, Cooper's not in the yeah. 15, so <laughs> I give them a good shot. Um, He's in like six other cars. Yeah. So, you know, if, you're, if your family's underwriting the series sponsorship, I won't give you too much grief. And he is, frankly, fast for a driver who, you know, didn't necessarily come up with you know, for racing as his end all be all goal. Um, Smart kid. Uh, I think went to Colorado or Colorado State. Colorado, the one with the Buffalo. Uh, nice in person for sure, but you know that uh, Petit Le Mans deal kind of left uh, a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. And then he goes on record saying there's 
again, totally not going to be team orders this year. It's like, mm, I don't know about that. So I know I'm rambling a bit there, but uh, yeah, number two, that's the pick. <laughs> All right. I'm going with the 25. I know we said the BMWs were slow, so I'm going to pull a hot take here and take them. That's with Connor DeFilippi and John Edwards, both former open wheelers and two other guys that I've never heard of. So, or I, yeah, I think I've never heard um, of. They've been so BMW factory it. guys for a while. So they're, they're both really good drivers. Um, just wouldn't necessarily trust Augusto Farfus. Far- yeah. which what a great name. And oh, Jesse he's raced Crone. with them before. Yeah, they both raced with the BMW Ray Hall team before. That doesn't even mean I remember who they are. No offense to them. I'm pretty sure Jesse Crone was one of the uh, GTLM drivers for at least a season or two for Ray Hall. Come on, Mike. All right, we're moving on. This has been gang up on Mike for the last 24 hours between Twitter and this episode. So this is this we're we're moving. Oh, are you okay? No. Do you need a hug? Do you need a cookie? Do you need a timeout? You all right? A cookie. Why a timeout? That wouldn't be helpful for anyone. No, it wouldn't. But I will take a cookie. Hashtag hugs, okay. buddy. Okay. Hashtag hugs. With a Z. <laughs> Hashtag he's fine. Yes, I know. I'm being dramatic. But I'm admitting it. <laughs> so Unlike some people around here. Yeah. That wasn't a, that wasn't a PLP reference. Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, last up, the GTD class, the biggest class in car count wise by far. Another Lexus. So it's kinda like the Lexus is split between the two. I think Ferrari and Porsche have cars in both. Am I missing anything else? Um, Lexus, and in terms of Lexus, it's um, all Vassar Sullivan. Then Aston Martin with the, um, oh, good Lord, Harder Racing team. They are both running cars as teams in both sides of of GTD and GTD Pro. Um, There's makes of both in each, but those are the two teams kind of splitting their efforts. Oh, and uh, TR3 Racing with a, a Lamborghini as well. And just another reference point, the GTD Pro has the red mirrors on the side and the GTD regular, whatever you want to call them, is the green mirrors. Also, the numbers on the car on the side are in green and in GTD Pro, they're in red. So there's a big class here, bunch of former open wheel drivers or open wheel in some capacity plenty to pick from in your predictions on this one so george i don't know uh, shannon hasn't gone first since dpi so shannon can go first on this one um i well i gotta find the car number again i'm picking the 44 i'm a big fan of magnus racing it's a nice car yeah and i really like andy lally like good huge pick. fan of good andy pick. lally Frenchie, sorry. I, I guess I should be directing who's going next here. This is a good question. The, this is probably the hardest category for me to pick a prediction in. Um, I think I'm going to go with one of the Mercedes because the Mercedes would have been really good at Daytona. Um, so I'm going to go with the Sun Energy 1 car, the 75. Nice car. All right. Again, I don't know if this is... A hot take, but I'm going with the 39 Lamborghini. 
has our pal Robert McGinnis in it. Corey Lewis is a good driver. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Westfall, holy hell, is a good driver. And Sandy Mitchell, who a lot, a lot of people might not have heard of, but he was doing some... God, I don't remember what series it was in. He was doing sports cars over in the UK. And Toby Sowery speaks very highly of him. He was actually a guest on this show... God, 2020? Like at the very big, like when the pandemic first became the pandemic. So I'm going to go with them. I think that's a, a pretty good group of young drivers there. What are you laughing at? <laughs> you just said when the pandemic became pandemic. <laughs> you know, ma'am, it's it's going to be a long weekend, guys. It's going to be, it it's going to be a real You're gonna long be weekend. Fine. There's race cars. It's fine. I know. That's the I problem. Know. I haven't had race cars. So I'm, I'm like, in need of that the troll yeah, energy comes feisty. out i just get feisty y'all it's a, it's a problem yes <laughs> yes is it is fact. and for those wondering <laughs> like i like i mentioned at the beginning shannon and i'll be down there we'll be doing interviews i don't know probably some sort of live stream stuff plenty of social media stuff pictures videos whatever you want if you want a picture of a certain car let us know we'll try to grab pictures for everybody and it's definitely going to do a helmet check hel- helmet yes helmet picks Frenchie I know you had your hand up I want to ask you guys your pick for which team runs into problems or crashes first just out of all of the categories out of all of them yeah just pick Ooh. like someone that you think is going to have bad luck oh lord Let's see. And none of them were prepared for this question because I just thought of it. So that's why they're all scrambling. Like one that I, okay, hold on. All right. I'm going to go with just because I, I came across it first, the 54 and LMP3. That's the column. That's the one you, I think well, somebody predicted to win. Me? Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I'm, I'm not actually sorry, but. It could be any problems, right? Like mechanical. It could be anything. It can. It's not just yeah. bad driving, right? Exactly. Like lightning strike. <sighs> I am gonna go. Is it my turn? Yeah. Now I mean, you made it your turn. Sassy pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with the thirty-six. With Jared Andretti and Gabby Chavez. The one I picked to win. Okay. So we're, yeah, we're sensing a theme of LMP3. Are you you're picking to run into problems or have an issue? What about George? You know, I'm going to go with one of the um, GT makes. I'm going to... Uh, let's look at the entry list here. Because typically the prototypes do a little better in the cold when it comes to getting the tires up to temperature. And it's going to be cold at the start. Um, and you got a little bit more chaos going on in the and the, the GT ranks. And somebody did crash on the warm-up lap a couple of years back. Uh, GT3 Porsche. Um, let's go with the 32, since they literally ditched their driver um, today. Um, depends who they start, obviously. If they start the new guy, uh, good luck. But, uh, yeah, eh, that's that was a weird one. Especially when I was an established driver that's well-known in, in, in sporty car racing. But... Yeah, I think it's going to be one of the GTD entries. I'm going to pick the 32. Okay. And then my pick is, weirdly enough, I just have a feeling that the Reese Ferrari, 
the number 62 is not going to do well. Reese has has done well in the past at Daytona, but I just feel like since they've stepped back from doing as much racing that they haven't had very good luck. So I think we're going to watch that car have some kind of an issue. Alrighty. Well, I think... Oh, there's one other rule change for this year I thought was worth mentioning. It's actually mentioned by Hinchcliffe and Rossi on Off Track, how cars need to after six laps after a pit stop need to be at a minimum tire pressure or face a drive-through penalty so if you see a random drive-through penalty soon after a pit stop that could be why if that happens i'll try to tweet it out so that everybody knows what's going on and i think that's about it so george thanks for joining i appreciate you having me um just want to give one quick shout out on the 99 gtd car um got uh, Stefan Wilson doing the Enduros with him. So really excited to see what he can do. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting race with so many entries. Got to be patient. Now, there's no point dive-bombing somebody six hours into the race. So with 61 entries, there'll be plenty of time for wave around. So have your problems early and just keep your nose clean. Ladies and gentlemen, have a lovely weekend of racing. Yay! Bye. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.